0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. My mandate this afternoon is going to be drawn from a wonderful story that I know famously uh, has been repeated in teaching in many aspects of life because it teaches many things and one of those things this afternoon, I believe, is a pertinent issue to emphasize, especially where we are going um, in the next move of God. Um, lately, a lot is happening in the world. And I know those of us who are picking these things have started to pick them already. You know, <laughs> what is happening in the spirit realm preparing us for what is going to come is amazing. Amazing. Listen, we are about to see the greatest move on the earth. We are. Every time I go to bed these days, something is telling me that we are at the beginning of something so major. I have been so blessed in my dreams and visions to see things that they are humbling to see. They are humbling to see. And that is why I call all of us in a place of prayer. You know, and preparation, especially those of you who know that God is actually serious with you. Hallelujah. Yes, something is happening. So it's important for us to have these conversations of faith and understand exactly what God is speaking in the hour for whatever heaven demands from us. Now, in this story, uh, the Gospel of St. John, the ninth chapter, Jesus meets a man which was blind from his birth. And these disciples ask him, saying, Master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Very important question. Now, this will sound so strange in your orientation, especially if you're, you know, from African uh, culture. And of course, um, those of you who have gone to school from a westernized system, our thinking patterns are different, you know, from the Middle East and their traditions. So you'd ask yourself, it doesn't actually make sense to say that a man sinned in his mother's womb. Because that's what they're asking. They asked him, which sinned, this man or his parents? But the story has said he was born blind. So that would presuppose that there must have been something he did in the womb to lead him to that blindness. As strange as that can be, In, you know, ancient Jewish culture, it wasn't a strange thought. In as far as their doctrines and traditions thought, there was an understanding or a supposition that it was possible for somebody to do something in the womb that consequently would affect them when they are born. But that is not how so we have learned Christ. So it might be strange to you again, I say, but for them, it's not a strange phenomenon. Uh, but let's go back to what we're teaching here this man was born blind and I emphasize this as pregnant mothers when you conceive seed you must understand that this attack can begin from conception that's why we have things like miscarriages and uh, you know those complications that come during birth and sometimes defect our children you must learn to pray for your children early you know you must learn to lay hands on your stomach while that seed is there and communicate to it. Scientists have proved that children in the womb hear these sounds. And there is tell us the power of the tongue cannot be underestimated. The Bible says it's a very small member, very little thing, but it boasts of great things. It can build great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindles. This thing can set the course of nature on fire. This thing you have in your mouth, He said it can speak to a mountain and tell it be thou removed and be thrown into your place and the Bible says and it shall be moved if a man believes but you need this this thing is powerful it can create empires it can kill them it can you know resurrect things it can destroy things it can change uh, systems in just a day so you be careful with this thing you see that is why I'm very careful what is spoken about me by another person or what I speak of myself It's very important for you to understand, especially uh, scientists. I think I said this a couple of years ago. Scientists proved that, you know, children, for example, when they're in the womb and then their mothers are in, you know, abusive and negative environments. Sometimes it affects these children and they come into a world where they don't want to hear, you know, and so it can affect even a child's hearing because of the things they've heard before. They hear many things. So from the time of conception, You speak to your child like a human being already. You are blessed. You're the head and not the tail. You know, there's no defect on you because you're the perfection of God. You speak those things upon them. Otherwise then to assume that it was God responsible to make this man blind, then why do you pray against what God made that way? You see what I'm saying? And in fact, many people who interpret this scripture, when they hear when Jesus is answering in verse 3, the Bible says he answered, neither has this man seen nor his parents but that the works of god should be made manifest i must work the works of him that sent me while it is day the night cometh when no man can work. he says as long as i'm in the world i am the light of the world do you know many people have interpreted this text to mean that this man was made blind so that the glory of god or the work of god should be made manifest in that man so in other words They believe in the thought that, you know, you know, God can get this person crippled from birth such that he can reveal his glory. So it's 38 years of being disadvantaged uh, in function. Until then, the glory of God should be revealed. Number one, God does not need to cripple a man to reveal his glory. You follow what I'm saying? Heaven, for example, if you look at heaven, heaven is a perfect realm to define glory. In fact, what you breathe as oxygen in the earthly realm is the breath that enters every living entity in heaven as glory. They experience glory at its most perfect realm. But there are no crippled men in heaven. There are no blind men in heaven. You see, so God doesn't need to afflict you with sickness to reveal his glory on your life. In fact, when you study the original uh, Greek to study the rendering of this sentence, you realize he says, neither this man nor his parent sinned And then there, it emphasizes, but because the glory of God should be revealed, I must work the works of God. You see what I'm saying? So he's saying, because it is given to me to heal, I'm going to heal this man. It has none to do with crippling this man. God does not tempt with evil, neither tempteth he any man with evil. That's not the God we serve. That's not the God of the Bible. Let no man say when he's tempted, oh, I'm tempted of God. Oh, I was crippled by God. You know the other day I watched a believer who said, "Oh no, God made me this way. I got crippled this way." Said that He would reveal this. No, 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 no. The revelation of Christ, the revelation of His person, God doesn't need to maim any man. God is so deep. He's so deep. He's so deep. In fact, at the highest place of his revelation, no man can stand in that presence. Your flesh, this thing you think has to be crippled, it cannot stand. It has to take on another form. It can't come terrestrial. No, 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 no. The flesh is as grass. This is nothing. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So anyway, when Jesus had that spoken, where our emphasis of someone today is, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay and he said go wash in the pool of Siloam which is by interpretation sent he went his way therefore and washed and when he washed the Bible says that man came seeing and now there is the foundation of my teaching this afternoon and if you want to write you could entitle it the odd demands of faith or the peculiar demands of faith that in our way of faith there are things that are or could be demanded by heaven as a response to your faith in God and some of which might not be conducive might not be convenient to your arrangement and order and I have seen people who because of that kind of frustration would choose not to receive God's best because they are not convenient enough. They are not yielded enough for God to work through them to fulfill his perfect order. Such an example of a man who is blind and God, the God of heaven and earth, has to spit down on clay and make something out of that spittle and putting it on his eyes. I would imagine there's people watching and they're like, like did he have to do that when you read in the verses before he was doing miracles he lays hands he speaks to them why don't you speak to this one like you spoke to the one you spoke before or the people you healed before some you just walk to and tell them you know walk or wake up this one why did you have to spit on the ground to heal them and I would see people who would be offended by the method God has used to heal and I would see even some who would reject God's healing or the miracle of God because they are not comfortable with the method by which he has healed. Let me explain something concerning wisdom. You have this word called wisdom, Sophia. Sophia is generically the term meaning the wisdom of God as general. But Sophia is defined or expressed by two pillars. And those are the two words, Greek words. One is sunesis. The other one is phronesis. Sounesis is what you would call the critical faculty that commands your spirit to align itself to the order and purpose of God it is easier to work with soonnesses if you are of a learned spirit because the human spirit can be educated. You see? The human spirit can be educated. There are people who are learned, okay? When the Bible says that the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned to know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You realize here in Isaiah 50 verses 4, he's not speaking of a tongue of the land to know what to speak. The land spirit does not seek what to speak because it has been educated. It's somewhere, I think, in the book of Proverbs where he says that the mouth of the wise, the Bible says, is taught. The heart of wisdom has an instructed mouth. You understand? It has lips of learning. The place of wisdom teaches your spirit how to answer. It teaches your lips how to speak. Because you firstly receive the revelation of what it is that God wants you to speak. But he also gives you the language of how to speak it. Thank you. It's Proverbs 16, 23. It says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. That's the heart of a wise man. It teaches your mouth. You know, it teaches your mouth and adds learning to your lips. So the wisdom of God teaches you. Not only what, but it also gives you how. Most importantly, how. Why? Because the revelation of God in its full counsel, in many a times, extends beyond what the human language can articulate. You will never have enough to explain the wisdom of God in your human language. That's why Paul speaks of a man who was caught up in the third dimension of the spirit. And the Bible says he saw things which the human language had not power to put into words. The Amplified says, I was caught up in paradise, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 4, and I had utterances beyond the power of man to put in two words, which man is not permitted to utter. But you see, these were utterances. These were utterances. But these utterances, the man had no power to put into words. So to articulate that kind of language to be able to communicate to men, you have to be able to communicate in another wavelength beyond human language. That is why we speak of the aid of the Holy Spirit. He says sometimes we know not how to pray as we ought to pray. But he says, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, groaning with groanings which cannot be uttered. But if you study the Greek there, it's with groanings which the human language has no words for. So they are spiritual languages. That's why Paul says, that even if I speak in tongues of men and angels, you know, the dimensions of speaking in tongues. And I feel sorry for people who say, oh, no, I don't believe in tongues. Oh, well, that's your problem. The Bible says in Corinthians, do not forbid speaking in tongues. It's in black and white. Some people think, ah, maybe it was for those people. No, do not forbid to speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-nine. Right. So yes, then there's probably there's a place of wisdom on how or when and, and many other things. We could get lost in the interpretation, but the point is that we who are born again are not only limited to the languages of men. We're not limited to the languages of men. And I can prove that experience upon experience. One time there was this girl in university uh, who was in the meeting with me and then There was a leader, I was not the one leading the meeting, and then she gets, you know, slain by the power of the Holy Spirit and passes out for about two hours. She wasn't on the earth. She was in some spiritual realm. The Spirit of the Lord tells me, go and speak in tongues and lay hands on her. I just started speaking in tongues. So I laid hands on this young lady for about 15 minutes, and then she stays down for, you know, quite an hour or so. Uh, But she had spent about two hours on the floor. So later on, she comes, uh, we're in the same hostel, and then she says, I want to receive the Lordship of Jesus. And say, and say she says, when I was on the ground, somehow I was carried in the spirit. And in the spirit, you came to me and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to me. So the tongues that I was speaking as I was laying hands on this girl were translated into heavenly language to reveal the Savior. Those are not things you can fake. Those are things you either understand or you don't. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So back to what I was trying to tell us here. That the, the human spirit can be educated. It can learn. When it learns, you realize soonness becomes a very important faculty in this industry. Why? Because you are able to connect to the order and purposes of God to either bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to align, to direct a course. It's critical. It's usually faster than the human mind can interpret or your intellect can define. And for some of you, it's come in, in visions where sometimes a vision could come in your head or like a thought of something and then it happens or, you know, something next to it happens. You know, have you ever been in a place where you thought a thought very fast and as though you, at the moment of thinking it, then it happens. It can save you. I remember one time on the crusade ground and a man comes to beat us, me and a fellow called Saul because we we're preaching the gospel to his wife. So he swung on my friend and then that punch, I saw the punch coming, but in my head, it was as though my spirit was ahead of him. I could tell everything that was coming. So when he came, that critical faculty alarmed me to speak certain words before his punch got to me. And guess what? The moment I spoke that and I rebuked the spirit that wanted to hit me, he was thrown feet away by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he stood up, dusted himself and then walked away. I could have lost an eye You see, so I can tell experience upon experience. One of those days I had my boss's daughter. She had asked me to drop her child at one school somewhere on Entebbe Road. So we're on this main road. And then this critical faculty in me prompts me that there's something coming. But I didn't quite know what it was. Soonesis came through. And that's the critical faculty. But then what is phonesis? Forensesis is the wisdom to act because you behold the end in sight. Now, phronesis is defined by the understanding of liberty. If you have not come to the revelation of the liberties of the spirit, you cannot fully express yourself in the wisdom of phronesis because it's the action that should follow the prompting of soonesis. It's the mind and wisdom of God that directs you in the liberties of the spirit according to your level of faith to exercise the power of God because you see the end inside. When you enter that liberty... Of course, a lot of death has to take place because when you are expressing yourself as a demonstrator of the Holy Spirit, when you are in such liberties, it better not find your flesh awake because you might use that liberty for occasion of the flesh, which is the wrong thing. And I've seen certain people got out of order because they have connected to Phronesis. When you enter that realm, it's easy to become carnal because you can command many things. I can demonstrate power anyway. I can point at a person and the power of God will go through them. I can look at you and the power of God will go on you. You understand? I can heal you with my shadow. I can use my hunky to heal you. You've seen that. You understand? But it must be so dead. It must find you in a place that is so connected and submitted, 100% yielded to God, that the expression of that liberty then be not an occasion to serve your flesh, but a place to serve God and introduce men in the liberties with which you express, you know, healing. That is why when I'm healing the sick, you realize in this ministry, it's so easy. I can speak and say, the are walking, get up and walk. And, and it's so easy, you know. But if I choose to lay hands, I would lose lay hands and, and it would work. If I choose to, you know, call a name or do whatever, whatever I feel in that liberty. You know, when the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. And whatever occasion serves thee. He says, do whatever you want. Because the Bible says God is with thee. And then you find a man, I think it was Saul which was not a prophet, prophesied not because he's a prophet but because that liberty has come upon him to express himself in frownesses. he can act whichever way he can, he says the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, 1 Samuel 10 verse 6 and you shall prophesy with them and you shall be turned into another man and let it be when these signs are come upon thee that you do as occasion serve thee you do as you will, for God is with you I've seen that there are places where the liberties of the Spirit can push you to a place where you hear the Spirit tell you, how do you want to heal this person? The way you want to heal them is the way I'll heal them. The way you want to turn this is the way it will turn. That place is there. As you continue to go in God, some of you, will I think you've tested it. But there's a place I get to in the Spirit and I know that I can express myself in any way. and know that I can, in that place, I am certain the miracle must happen. You know, it takes so much boldness to say, the lemma walking, come out, and a camera is watching you. You must have the confidence in your spirit to know that somebody will heal. You must have the confidence in your spirit to know that a swelling will disappear off a person's body. That's what Phronesis does. It gives you the action, right? So in this instance, while I'm driving this car, soonest alarms my spirit, and the frowness then instructs me to speak in tongues, so I start speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues. Couple of minutes later, a speeding truck comes into the very road that I was driving and it was slippery, it was skidding because it was, it was a rainy day. The car that I was driving just starts rolling and skidding off for, you know, more than 100 meters, just sliding off the tarmac. I'm on 100% brake, but nothing is holding that car. And then we go rolling and sliding down that tarmac until, by the grace of God, somehow only one side life was damaged. That accident if I can tell you by what I saw spiritually, I was going to enter a huge truck and the story would have been different. So my life is preserved simply because there was a nudge in my spirit that was awakened to a danger and the action then was to speak in tongues. But the tongues that I spoke were translating for me a place to preserve and undergird my life. Now I cannot tell you how many people are dead right now. Yes, glory to God. Glory to God. I cannot tell you How many people are dead right now because they never listened to that voice? I cannot tell you how many people are in danger right now because they never listened to that voice. We're in I think some of you remember. I'm praying and I see this young man and by the spirit I could sense that his life was in trouble. So I tell the young man, I said, where do you live? He tells me "Live somewhere in Banda. I tell him the Lord tells me shift this week. I don't have money. I said, I don't care whether you have money. Shift this week. So the boy obeys the voice of God and then he shifts that week. Now, one day after he had shifted, the house he was living kept in and fell. It fell to the ground flat. Now, he was just a day away for us to hear a different story. But when he received divine instruction, he simply moved out of that building. And just the next day, now he comes to testify the following week that the building fell. By God's grace, he had shifted. You see what I'm saying? You can be saved. That is why I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And may soonnesses and pronenesses work effectually in your life. In Jesus' name. And all saints said, amen. It can save you. It will make you meet the right people, position yourself in the right place, relate to the people you're supposed to relate to. It will save you of many things. And every time I've ignored that voice, I've been in danger. And God has given it to all of us who believe. But you see, because some of our spirits are not educated, we have not awakened that part and exercised ourselves in that to be able to sense that. But all of us have that You call it a nudge, prompting, we all have it, it's there. For some, it's just more alive than others. But through exercising your spirit, you can actually awaken that part. You'll see you'll stay out of danger. Now, why did I go there? Because I wanted to show us here, Jesus could have healed anywhere, But he was simply expressing himself in the graces of phronesis. He chose that day to spit on the ground. Because there was a lesson there. Because remember, Jesus never did any miracle to show off. He says, I do as I see my Father do. It's a very deep thought to even think that every work of the Christ had a certain instruction of the Father and a way or pattern in the heavenlies for us to interpret in understanding this person. When you study that way, every miracle, every work of God comes with a definitive instruction. Now some of you only just see him spitting on clay and making... Uh, you know uh, something out of that and healing this man but if we now go now to demystify white clay and from where the man's body comes from and the place of sight and Siloam to be the place of scent and we see that he receives sight when he is sent and, and we can start now breaking layer upon layer and find complexities in the simplicity because every miracle of Jesus Christ is an instruction are you following what I'm saying? Everything he did came with an instruction when you see that, you realize for you to build a lasting ministry or course of testimony in your life, everything you do in Christ has to be instructed to the end of instructing and multiplying grace on those who listen. It doesn't end with us. Hallelujah. Now, that's a deeper thought. So that's why you see this man say, let us labor that we might keep the things we have route that we, our reward might be full in the end. That's another level. That's another level. This is John. He says, look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. How do we not lose them? By understanding or defining the wisdom to preserve these testimonies only in the principle of multiplying graces as an extension of God's work. On the earth and that's a deep one on, only mature people understand this that i've just said i wish i was in a master class i would teach that a bit deeper because then you learn why up to today we're still reading these testimonies or up to today the instructions of paul are still relevant because this man was not just teaching for his generation the things he was teaching they were eternal they were timeless and so in expression everything every ordering of the spirit and every step he does every journey he does comes with an instruction to perfect this body for the work of ministry. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to see life that way. If you're a minister, you learn to minister differently. You don't just come on the pulpit to worship. You know, you worship as an epistle. You know, you don't just worship for people to be blessed by your song. You worship because people have to read something of you and you're taking people where you have only been. You know, you're not just singing a song you're not just singing a song God help us, God help us, God help us but back to this so we see um, this man healed but God's way and on God's terms. strange and peculiar or peculiar as it could be, they're his terms the point is the man needed to see the man needed to see but God used odd ways it's not the first time it has happened. If you have read in the book of 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, story of Naaman, this Syrian commander, he comes to Elisha because he's leprous and he wants to be healed. And the story said he's instructed to go and dip himself in the Jordan River seven times for his leprosy to heal. And the Bible says, <laughs> verses 11, when he was told to go and dip himself seven times, In the Jordan River, Naaman, the Bible says, was wroth. He was angry. Because what the prophet required for the man's healing was strange. It was odd. So Naaman was angry. The Bible says he was wroth and he went away. He went away. And he said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper in simpler terms I thought he was going to do it to my convenience so I'm angry I'm leprous but I'm angry then he says look at the banner and phapa these are rivers of Damascus and they better than all the waters of Israel why wouldn't he send me in cleaner waters i may wash myself there the bible says he turned away in rage he was ready to get on his chariots and go back home leprous and i know many christians who could have lost god's best right there because god's method is not convenient with them i know many some of you it's your status in society you're very strong political figure how does the camera capture you when you're kneeling? A whole minister. You're the executive director of this wonderful industry or business. How do they see you seated next to a young man in Fenero who doesn't even use a deodorant? How do they see you sitting in tents? Why don't you go in a more comfortable, convenient cathedral with enough air condition. Some of you, you come from, you know, in Uganda and I believe in some parts of the world, we have those superior tribes. You think that you come from the superior tribe. I'll not mention those tribes. You think that everybody else is an animal. You're the human being. Yet you also suffer flu, you get cancers, you get diabetes. Like everybody else, no no we've seen it somebody says oh I come from the first family listen there's a family that is first above the first when you come in the kingdom of God we're all first that is why you've noticed in Fanero we don't have special chairs because all of you are special all of you are special my ministers are seated on the same chairs because we serve you. You understand what I'm saying? That's the spirit. Timmy says, oh no, I come from the royal family. So if a apostle has to see me, he has to see me in a more convenient place. This is Norman. You're leprous. I've seen it. Somebody tells you, oh, I need you to pray for my dad. And say, oh, you need your prayers. Yeah, what's wrong with your dad? My dad is dealing with a prostate cancer. (gasps) Okay, bring him on Sunday. Uh, Apostle, it's not likely. It's not likely. You know, dad is not comfortable where, like, the many people, he's not comfortable. Like, you know. (laughs) Can you please come home? So what's the difference between you and this person who says, oh, 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 Jesus, I know you want to heal this guy and we want him to see, yeah, no, no, no offense. But why would you have to spit on the clay? Why would you have to spit on the clay? Wasn't there any other way you'd heal this individual? This is the anger in Naman's heart. I thought the guy would come to me. He was expecting the prophet to say, oh, commander of Syrian army. Oh, it's a pleasure. I bow, I bow down to you. Triple owner, triple owner, triple owner. Why should I touch, sir? Touch here. Kiss my hand. Tell me you'll be well, Naaman. And then they kiss his hands. Then he says, thank you. Give him his gifts. That is why even when Elisha healed Naaman, he refused to receive of his blessing. Because Naaman thought he was bringing a reward to a diviner you know in the old testament they used to have what they call a diviner's reward when a diviner would speak to you you have to reward them so Elisha tries to tell this fellow indirectly that i'm a prophet of god i don't benefit or i don't eat or i don't survive by your silk and gold no what's on my life cannot be bought by money and i cannot tell you how many men of god at that particular point Huh. when it comes they're the ones who even pick it say, oh, no 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 no! don't stand Syrian man then they going and pick it for themselves you know you are frustrating what's on your life because you don't know what you've been given by Christ he knew Naman's heart see and so this same man if they had told this man that you know uh, there's a doctor who is coming from Israel he's going to operate a certain patient at a certain hospital at about midnight to one, and that doctor has a window between uh, one to three a.m., if your father can make it at two, the doctor will see them. Even if that man is 300 kilometers away, they are going to drive, and they'll be at hospital at midnight just to make sure they're not late. I have healed paralyzed people. You've seen it. Even in Ishak, I think you heard of paralyzed people walking. This man once called me for his son who is paralyzed. Sad. So I tell him I'm going to drive there at 10 a.m. And they tell me, oh no, you know, 10 is the time he sleeps because he's usually awake at night. So we can't have you at 10. But what you can do, you can come at 4 when he wakes up. So I had to adjust myself to the convenience of the guy sleeping. I didn't go there. I didn't go there. Because some of you are like that. Tell your neighbor, be convenient for God. Be flexible for faith. So you have faith in a doctor who is going to fly in from another country, but you don't have faith in God. But you're here saying you believe God. No, that's not how life works. That's not how life works. You have been sitting in the church five, six, seven years. You're listening to the gospel. And then a non comes from nowhere and convinces you. And you say, no, God, Prince Charming. God, Prince Charming. Prince Charming, let's go. I tell you one of the primal consecrations that defines your seriousness with God is how you relay your options, your priorities. God is first agape is the highest form of love it's deeper than what you have for your mother it's deeper than what you have for your children it's deeper than what you have for your spouse somebody should never tell you that choose between me and god no some of you by the way would choose prince charming any day say let's go let's go brother let's go no some of you would we were preaching one day in a crusade somewhere and I met this young lady, minister to her. We went door to door during the day because we had the crusades in the evening. So instead of staying in the room, I would prefer going door to door. I love, you know, going door to door and preaching on the streets. I love that kind of thing. So I preached this lady. She's convinced. She says, I'm convinced with every ounce of my being that I'm ready to take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But my husband. So I asked her, what about your husband? She says, now, if I go to heaven and he goes in hell, it won't work for me. I kid you not. It won't work for me. So she says, what you will do, convince him to receive Jesus. So when we go to heaven, we go together. But if he's going to hell, he's right and die together. Some of you love each other so much that you look like a demon-possessed Literally, somebody can tell you tomorrow we're worshiping the devil, and you'd put your head on the floor to say, Let's go. You're my wife. I love you that much. No. You don't know yet God. If you're that kind of person, you don't know yet God. Let me tell you, we are going to stand before a cloud of witnesses who lost their lives whose wives and children were burnt at stake somewhere in Syria or Iran because of this gospel. How are you going to stand with a person like that before heaven that you're come coming to receive? Your reward. What did you sacrifice for the gospel? Those missionaries that, you know, risked their lives to go in some of the most dangerous tribes and hostile communities and some were killed there, some were beheaded, Because the gospel had to be preached at every cost. To have a generation that can compromise over a text. Just a simple text. And she says, let's go. I'm denouncing this God. No. And we have to develop some skin very soon because we're entering persecution. Are you following what I'm saying? We're entering persecution. We're entering persecution. This madness you're starting to hear in the West where I have to call a man, a woman, and hey hey hey, 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 Some of us are ready for anything. We have to be able to stand and say, no! In love, but no. In love, but no. Are you following what I'm saying? Persecution is coming. Had I read of a European MP, who just put a portion of scripture on, online and they were arrested, just to put a scripture online. It has started. I think a report recently showed that more than 300 Christians are under heavy persecution on the earth, in different parts of the world. More than 300 million Christians are under persecution somewhere in the earth. You probably have not tested it because you are a different part, but there are people who are dying every day. There in India, they touched 250 churches in one day. 250 churches. Without a care whether there's somebody inside or not. Are you following what I'm saying? So some of you, when occasion demands to prove that we are men of faith, you better be ready. Tell your neighbor you better be ready. Yeah. There, there's no compromise. No compromise. Tell your neighbor no compromise. So, Naman is offended. And so, <laughs> his servants come near and just give him common sense. They say, my father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he says to thee, wash and be clean, then reluctantly, a sick man, a sick man, reluctantly like, okay. One, two, and I'm thinking he's looking at them, three, four, five, he's Six. Seven. (gasps) But at least he listened. At least he what? Some of us can't. You'd rather die in your pride. Die in your pride. Somebody once told me. Me, I live stream. I love your summons, but I can't come. The only young people, mostly are young. Most of them are young. I can't come to service. So. He's expecting a certain class of people. Once they come, that person will come. What if God wanted them in the service that day? No, they will not receive God's best. At his time, let him go through YouTube. He's God. Proximity is not access. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God now we have older people. 50, 60, 70. They're here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's stories upon stories and I'm going to rush through Joshua, the sixth chapter. God tells these guys, march around Jericho. Look stupid. You march. March round about the city. Six days, do so. Now deliver you. I've given you the kings, the princes, the commanders, and everybody in Jericho, but I just want you to march around. This This guy would say, but, I don't need too much. You can actually just give him to me. Must we? Oh yes. If God demands it, yes. And some of them are even more strange. He gets to Gideon and tells him, this is too much army for me to give you victory. Eh? Too much army. There are too many. You have to downsize Judges chapter 7. You read the story there. You're going to face the Midianites, but... mm, This number is significantly so big. We have to reduce them. That's counterintuitive. We want more army to deliver. You're telling us to reduce this number to a very small number. And God is saying such that when I get the victory, they will not say that it was the numbers. Look at how God thinks. That he can strip you of so much to give you such a great victory. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. I might tell you to downsize that company because it's the only way I'm going to rebuild you, but I need you to downsize it first. I know that your pay is going to go a little lower. They were paying you more than this, but this is where I want you to start for me to build the right testimony on your life. I know that the man I want you to marry is not like the previous fellow you had. Alpha had everything. But Omega has nothing. But he's the guy I've put your destiny. Hey! hey! And I'm not looking at what he has now. But give it time. He'll translate things. Hallelujah somebody. But to be able to trust God and say it's okay. Okay as long as this yields and and aligns itself to your will, I'm willing and ready to debase myself. Sign those keys back and tell them I love this house, sir, but I feel it's not in the line of God. Over to you, back to you, give it back, give it to the person you need to, but I feel I cannot compromise myself in this matter. God has brought me this far and he has invested so much in my life to sacrifice my destiny on a rented house. Not even a built one, not even in Monyonyo somebody shout hallelujah i always tell people anybody who is trying to buy you out of divine purpose will always buy you cheaper than what god would pay for you yeah. if they're offering a mercedes-benz god can offer more if they're offering the poorest house in the world god is saying this is your worth satan is selling you less remember jesus I'll give you the kingdoms of this world and their glory. But this boy is an inheritor, even of the things in heaven. Satan can never give you more than what God is willing to give you. It only defines your price. Hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So you see God reduce and reduce things in your life sometimes because he wants you to do the right thing. Because you believe God remember a time when I was banking once. These guys brought a deal of a lifetime. Deal of a lifetime. it was was meant to change my story. (laughs) It was big. It was well planned. They just wanted me to do one or two things. So they would defraud that bank. And the way they had done it, it would never trace itself to me. I know how I understand. I banked for so many years and I worked in the system, so I know. to manipulate them if i was colonel but in my spirit i was like if these guys can offer this much i must be a blessed man so i look at them straight in the face and i tell them no i'm born again i'm not going to do that now little did i know just four or five years later from that day God gave me m- what? you know you're not looking back and you're like, oh my God. If I was Kano, I would have sold my birthright. But I wasn't. I was not even tempted because I already knew who I was. Are you following what I'm saying? So some of you you're gonna find yourselves in places where you will have to respond to faith by debasing yourself, by taking less. Sometimes you will even have to introduce yourself lower to win bigger. There was a very interesting man of God who attacked Fenero in its, you know, inception. And this guy was vehemently attacking us, and he spoke many bad words. And, you know, he would even find our members and, you know, give insults on them. But he was, you know, a clergyman in a certain uh, Christian institution that I would not mention. So he used to speak all these ugly words about us. So one of those days, (laughs) I am in the airport, in the lounge, waiting for my next flight, in transit. And so I see this man in a corner, glasses, you know. And so, I said to myself, this is the man that has been tormenting us. Jesus what do I do and I hear that soon tell me wait for the opportunity I'm going to create an opportunity for you to bless him I said I'm waiting so I watch him and I watch him and I watch him thank God his flight was leaving a couple of minutes before mine so they announce his flight I think it was written on the marquee and then he gets up to go so I rush I say Papa how are you So, he looks at me and he confuses me, I think as one of the boys at church. Oh, you lost. I don't see you. He starts having a conversation like he knows me. I'm like, wow, the guy didn't even know me. You know, there are many people who don't know Apostle Grace. Do you know, some of them even find me on the road and they say, you go to Fanero? Yeah, I tell them I go to Fanero. (laughs) Oh, I like that man, but they're talking to you. (laughs) I love his preachings. Wait you look like him a bit. Are you his brother? <laughs> so you know, people, or some you meet them and tell them, oh, Fanero, and they say, ah. And then they look like they're disappointed. They're like, I thought Fanero is a big guy. <laughs> See, I'm okay. I mean, don't I go on the streets with you to preach? Yeah, haven't I been in the bus? Says me, you put me anywhere. I don't care. I fit him. So anyway, oh, how are you? I don't see. You. I say, hey, hey, don't worry, Papa. But your flight is leaving. Let me help you. So, I, and he had heavy bags. So I get them. I carry one here and then I stack it. Then I let me help you get to your. So he's like hey, one of my sons is actually serving me to go carry the bags I carry I carry I carry I carry I reach there he says oh, and I'm about to leave no no I'll wait for you they clear his stuff they you know uh, clear his boarding pass and then you know to the flight I hand over his bags and you know God bless you so I stand to see him go and God is amazing this guy is walking like this to go back and it's like a light goes on and then it turns like <laughs> <laughs> so when it turns like that I sense in my spirit something has told him wait a minute wait a minute but I'm the kind that keeps them guessing so I just say bye bye I disappear (laughs) look what the Lord does so I'm walking back to you know to my waiting area and I hear the spirit of the Lord whisper to me he says some territories are not won by going to the mountains listen listen I learned that some territories are not won on a prayer mountain. They are not won in 40 days of fasting. And there he starts to show me that it was important for me to see, to make sure that you can rule your spirit. Because you could have chosen war and anger, but you chose to extend love as I have taught. Listen, when the Bible says that he that ruleth his spirit is mightier than he that taketh the city. I realized this was the Lord now giving me understanding that because you could allow your spirit to submit to my purposes and not follow your carnal feeling. If you can control this, I can give you a city. Did somebody get what I just said? That was my one of, not only, but one of those promotions. I knew that when I come back to Kampala was to add more chairs. I knew. I returned back and we added more chairs because I knew this was God telling me, I've grown your ministry. But you see where the test was, the test was in debasing myself from the pastor, the man of God, apostle to a servant to lift this man's bags to the flight and some of you it might take that the to win God's best let me tell you I always tell people and this is not a, pla- not a place of boasting; it's the truth no man is where they are by mistake there are things that have tested us we just don't tell you everything some I cannot even explain because those are my own things with my God. But I'll tell you something. I have realized that God can ask for the strangest things from you. For you to access his best. He can ask for the strangest things for you. For you to access his best. Another day, I'll tell you one more story. This fellow, you know those men of God who meet you and then they laugh with you. But then behind you, they're speaking different. So, I meet this brother who, you know, they speak. Oh, hi, how are you? Well done, man. It's ministry. You're doing well. And then they get back. And then they talk about you. They talk about you. So, one of those days, this fellow does the same. And I get to know And You know, if even his friends are concerned. They come and say, but why is this guy doing this? I know it in my spirit. And I'm not somebody who listens to rumor. No, I'm somebody who actually, if you tell me something, I'll pray about it. to see, is it true or not? You know, some of you just go for everything spoken. So, you can actually be... You know, disconnected from a pastor, you're not supposed to be disconnected. But I prayed about it and the Lord revealed to me that the brother was dealing with envy. So one of those days I hear that there was an announcement of a meeting, a crusade he had. Big meeting. And the Lord told me, pay for it. So I paid for it. He didn't even know. He didn't even know because I didn't announce. I just went through a certain way to make sure that he cannot even connect that it was me who gave that money. Why was I doing that? Why was I doing that? There's a difference between being a father to your generation and a father in your generation. Those two things are different. Some are fathers in a generation. Some are fathers to a generation. The price is different. Price is different. The Bible says the hearts of the fathers shall turn to the sons, and the hearts of the sons shall turn to the fathers. Whoever turns first. Whoever turns first is the father. Did you get it? No. You, you interpret it from the African and Eastern traditions, because in the African and Eastern traditions, the order is the other way around, you know? It's the sons that go to fathers. But the kingdom, the kingdom mind set, the kingdom doctrine, the kingdom pattern is the heart of fathers goes to children first. In Africa, no. No, no. If I'm wrong, they're the ones to come to me even when I'm wrong. So you go, you humble, you kneel down, you make the peace because you have another generation to raise. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen. Some things will provoke you to leave your status, to leave your credibility, to leave your positioning, to leave whatever crown you have because God wants to launch you deeper in places of access concerning his purpose. Be broken and flexible enough to do what God desires. Be. Be. Oh, we've been trying to catch fish, Peter says, the whole night, and we've not caught anything. Jesus says in Luke chapter 5, he tells them, no. He's instructed Peter to let down his fishing nets in the daytime, even though they had caught nothing in the night. Now, I'd imagine the fisherman, he would say, Jesus, 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 wait. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. The kind of fish we catch, comes on the surface in the night it needs a certain light and it has to be gotten between midnight to about 4am now you're telling me to cast our nets during day that's not right thank you, I know you care but they would question how a carpenter would instruct a fisherman who has been at sea all his life, but that's just the way From has said it's daytime, go cast your net Peter, go cast your net go cast your You might even look stupid as you're going. I imagine Peter going on the sea and people are like, what's wrong with that brother? What's wrong with that brother? You know, until the testimony comes through. Hallelujah somebody. Hallelujah somebody. Hallelujah somebody. Be convenient for the spirit to work. Don't ever let anything you have on your life discourage you or separate you from the perfect will of God concerning your life. Be willing to do anything to have God's best in your life. Never be offended where you know this is a response to your faith. Some of you feel ashamed to testify even about Christ. I mean, how do you talk to your cool OB about Jesus? Oh, we are still at that level. Some of us, we are too dead to live as Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. As we seek your face, may we know your heart. Feel your presence acceptance as we seek Face. Move among us Now Can reveal Your power Show your presence at. says At your feet we fall feet, feet with we Sovereign We cry holy We cry holy, yeah. holy. Yeah. holy. At your feet Beautiful. sing it again. At your feet, we fall. Feet we, feet feet we, fall. we fall. Oh. Sovereign God, Sovereign Re- God. We, cry holy. we cry holy, holy, yeah. holy, at your. My prayer for you is that even in the most bizarre demands may God give you the grace. This new property we bought three years before the Lord led me to go there with somebody to pray for it at 2 a.m. And we knelt on that ground at 2 a.m. It was strange. God told me the window to buy is now. We knelt down I got soil, prayed, three years later, somebody came and said they're selling that property and we bought it. God will ask sometimes for the most strange demands, but if it is God, I pray that you'll never miss him, that your pride never gets in the way of God's purposes in your life. I speak understanding in your life. I speak grace and favor. May God help us not to miss what He's doing. May we do His best in Jesus' name. And all saints said, give the Lord a mighty cup of praise. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you Lord. Let me do one more thing. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to be born again, repeat words after me. Say Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. With my heart I believe and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Saviour of my life, I'm born again. Fellowships at the UMA Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the UMA Multi Purpose Hall. Finero, make manifest.